0: Shalom, and welcome to Pasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week we are talking about Parashat Miketz. This is a continuation of uh, the story of Yosef, uh, where we left off last time, uh, and it's interesting that... Uh, it's also uh, Hanukkah, and maybe we'll have occasion to uh, talk about the, the Hanukkah implications of uh, of this parashat. Uh But first, uh, let's see uh, let's see what happens. Uh, what is uh, is happening? Parashat Miketz, we can say, uh, could be divided up into. Uh, a number of uh, sections. I said it's primarily the story of uh, Yosef and then eventually his uh, brothers. Um, But uh, let's say we'll divide it up into uh, into four parts. In the first part of the parasha, uh, we learn how uh, Yosef rises from the depths of an Egyptian prison and eventually rises to rule over Egypt and here's how it happens. Uh, Two years later, two years after uh, Yosef had uh, asked the chief wine steward to remember him when he is uh, reinstated, but the chief wine steward uh, forgot him. Uh, Two years later, uh, Paro is uh, sleeping. Uh, King of Egypt is sleeping and he has a dream, actually has two dreams. one dream is about cows and the second dream is about ears of grain uh, in both cases let's say the case of the cows uh, the cows emerge from from the uh, from the nile and they are very healthy looking uh, and there are seven of them and uh, then they emerge from the nile uh, another seven cows and they're very scrawny looking uh, and uh, before his eyes, during the dream, uh, the scrawny cows uh, swallow the fat cows. And then he wakes up and then he goes back to sleep. He has another dream. And in the second dream, he sees uh, ears of grain uh, rising up from a, uh, from a central stalk. And the first seven ears of grain are very healthy looking. And then another seven ears of grain arise. Uh, and they are very scrawny and uh, blasted-looking. And uh, while he's watching, the scrawny, skinny ears of grain uh, swallow, I guess they develop a mouth, uh, swallow up the uh, rich-looking ears of grain. And then once again, Paro uh, wakes up, and he's very, very disturbed by the dreams. Uh, And so he calls uh, for those to interpret. Uh, And all of his wise men are unable to interpret the dream, and it's at this point that chief wine steward uh, admits uh, that he's done something wrong, that he's forgotten Yosef, and he tells uh, Paro that when he was in when he was in prison, that Yosef, this Hebrew, this young Hebrew slave, uh, had uh, accurately interpreted both his dream and the dream of the chief baker. Uh, and exactly what Yosef said would happen, uh, would happen. And, uh, and so Paro uh, gives the order for Yosef to be brought uh, before him. Yosef is prepared for his appearance before Paro because he's been in prison. So he needs, uh, he needs to be uh, cleaned up and have his clothing uh, changed. And Paro tells Yosef both of his dreams. And Yosef uh, begins to interpret Paro's dreams The first point that he makes is that although there are two dreams, it's really one message. It's really one dream. And the message is that there will be seven years of uh, plenty in the land of Egypt, exceptional plenty, uh, but that will be followed by seven years of famine. And the years of famine will be so severe uh, that uh, people will even forget the years of plenty. And then Yosef continues and says uh, that Paro should appoint someone to collect the surplus food during the years of plenty, uh, and then uh, to be responsible for distributing, uh, selling the surplus food during the years of famine. And Paro thinks that this is a a very, very good idea, and that there's no better person for this uh, task than uh, Yosef himself. And so Paro appoints Yosef, who is at the time 30 years old, uh, to be uh, just what Yosef said, uh, to be in charge uh, of the food during the famine and then uh, during the uh, the years of, uh, first during the years of plenty and then during the years of famine. Uh, he is given a uh, an Egyptian name, Satanat Paneach, uh, which Rashi says means that he's the one who's able to uh, solve and uh, explain that which is hidden. And Yosef is placed in a position second only to Paro himself. And uh, as Yosef uh, thrives in Egypt, uh, he is given a wife. Her name is Asenat, the daughter of Koti And they have two children. The firstborn is named Menashe, uh, and the second one is named Ephraim uh, Asher means uh, forget, uh, because God has enabled me to forget all of the difficulties of my, my earlier life. And the second son, Ephraim, means to be fruitful because he is being uh, enabled to be fruitful. Uh, and then the years of plenty begin, so Yosef supervises the collection uh, of the food during the years of plenty, all of the soup surplus, And then when the years of famine begin, Yosef is in charge of that. And when people go to Pharaoh during the years of famine and say, give us food, Pharaoh says, go to Yosef. And so the entire world, uh, which seems to be, uh, the entire world seems to be affected by the famine. The entire world comes to Egypt for food. And it's in this context uh, that we come to the second part of the parasha in which the brothers come down to Egypt Uh, in order to obtain uh, food Uh, so when food becomes scarce in the land of Canaan Yaakov says to his sons go down to Egypt to buy food and uh, so they do so. of course they bring money with them and uh, when the brothers stand before Yosef the supreme irony is that uh, he, Yosef recognizes his brothers because although they're older they basically look the same but the brothers do not recognize him uh, most likely because he's older he's got a beard now which he didn't have uh, earlier uh, and also um he's uh, he's dressed like an egyptian he uh, uh he speaks in egyptian uh, and so they do not recognize him um And he remembers those dreams that he had had. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, And he begins by accusing them of being spies. Uh, And their response is, "Uh, we're not spies. Originally, we were 12 brothers. One is home with our father. That's a reference to Benjamin. And one is no longer, and that's a reference to Yosef himself. Uh, Yosef uh, says, well, I I don't believe you. Uh, in order for me to believe you, send one of you to go back home to bring this youngest brother that you speak of, and then I'll believe you. And he throws them in jail for three days uh, until they would uh, decide which one of them would go, uh, go back to Canaan. And uh, in the end, uh, they do not give up any of their brothers. So Yosef says, uh, I'm going to let you go back, but if you ever plan to return to Egypt, buy food and of course that's going to be necessary because the famine is going to continue if you return to egypt you must bring your youngest brother with you and in the meanwhile i will keep one of you until uh you return the brothers speak amongst themselves in hebrew but yosef can hear it and of course he understands it they don't realize he understands it but of course he does uh they they say that the reason we are suffering is because what we did to our brother and ruven says i warned you not to uh not to harm our brother Yosef, but you didn't listen. Yosef understands all of this and uh, he, is, uh, he is moved. So he turns away and he cries. Uh, then Yosef uh, gets ready to send the brothers back. He chooses one of the brothers, Shimon. He has Shimon bound uh, in, in their presence. He gives the order um, to his servants uh, to fill their sacks with food because after all, uh, he says he fears God and he does not want to be responsible for uh, harm befalling their family if, they're, if what they say is true. And so they will be given, uh, they're given food. And he tells the servants to put their money back in their sacks. On the way back, one of the brothers discovers that his money has been returned and they wonder why has Hashem done all of this to us? And then the brothers do return to uh, Yaakov. They tell Yaakov what happened. Uh, Now all the brothers discover that their money has been returned to them. Yaakov uh, bewails the fact that all of these tragedies have happened to to him. And uh, the fact is that they will have to return to Egypt at some point um, in order to buy food, but also in order to uh, get Shimon back. but the question is uh, what to do about Binyamin. So Ruven says, uh, if I do not return Binyamin, in other words, let Binyamin go, and if I do not return Binyamin, then kill my two sons. Uh, and Yaakov uh, declares at this, at this stage, uh, you're not going back to Egypt. However, in the third part of the parashah, it becomes inevitable that they must return to Egypt uh, because, as we find, the famine is severe, and Yaakov says, you must go back down to Egypt and buy more food. Yehuda points out the fact that we cannot go down without Binyamin. And Yaakov reiterates, why did you tell the man uh, in charge about Binyamin? And the brother says, he asked. Uh, and that's what we told uh, what, what we told him. Uh, and it's at this point, uh, rather than uh, Reuven's offer to, to uh, sacrifice his own two sons, um, which Yaakov doesn't even... Uh, dignified with a response. Here, Yehuda says that he will take responsibility. He says, I will take personal responsibility for Benjamin. And it's at this point that Yaakov uh, agrees, and he says um, take uh, gifts uh, for the man to appease him, take additional money uh, to buy more food, as well as the money that was returned to you. That You have to give that back. And Uh, he blesses them. May Hashem give you compassion uh, before the man. And so the brothers return to Egypt. Yosef uh, sees his younger brother Benjamin, uh, the only one with whom he has a common mother as well as a common father. And uh, he gives orders that uh, all the brothers be brought to his house uh, and uh, they will dine together at uh, lunchtime. Uh, The brothers are afraid. Uh, They stand outside the door and uh, talk to the chief of Yosef's household. Uh, And they say, we've returned the money and brought uh, other monies to buy food. And the chief says, do not fear. Your God has given this to you. In other words, you keep uh, what you found. It's all yours. He brings out Shimon and welcomes them to Yosef's house. And it's at this point that Yosef returns home for lunch. He asks about their father's welfare, and he blesses Binyamin. And once again, Yosef uh, cries, and uh, they are all uh, serve a meal fit uh, for a king. And then we come to the final part of the parasha, uh, what we might call the ultimate test, the test of Yosef's cup, of Yosef's goblet. Uh, as they are finished, the Yosef once again gives orders to fill their sacks with food uh, to return their money to them, and also take my cup, my very special cup, uh, and place it in Benjamin's sack. And the brothers leave. Uh, Then, as they have left, Yosef gives orders uh, to his servants to follow them and accuse them of stealing my cup. When the uh, servants of Yosef uh, catch up with the brothers, uh, and they make this accusation, the brother says, look, we returned the money, uh, so of course we would never steal. In other words, we've proven ourselves to be honest people. Um, and they say, if any, if we have any thieves among us, of course, they're thinking of uh, maybe one of their own servants that might have stolen. Uh, whoever has stolen that, uh, that uh, thief will die, and then we'd be prepared to be slaves. And the chief uh, responds, saying, only the thief, will be a slave, the rest of you will be free. And then uh, they open their sacks and uh, the, the cup is discovered in the sack of Benjamin. The brothers tear their garments at what this means because Benjamin has been uh, condemned um, and uh, they return to Yosef's house and Yosef uh, accuses them uh, of, of stealing. Yehuda, who, remember, has taken responsibility for Binyamin, says, we will all be your slaves. And Yosef's uh, response, which is a response that concludes the parasha, is only the thief will remain uh, behind to be as a slave. The rest of you may return in peace to your father. But of course, that's so ironic. uh, They would not be able to return in peace because if they would return without Binyamin, that would... Uh, that would destroy their father. Uh, and that's where we leave this, uh, this uh, parasha. Uh, the, uh, uh, the fact is that, that uh, Mikkeits very often comes out around uh, Hanukkah time, and without going into details about, uh, all the details about Hanukkah, but as we know, historically, the Hanukkah uh, stories, the, the events of Hanukkah, Uh, were more than just a a case of uh, a foreign government uh, imposing its will upon us, which is what happened, but it also came against the backdrop of dissension within the Jewish people. There were uh, Jews who wanted to be more like the uh, Greeks, the those who uh, wanted to imitate uh, the Greeks, and there are those who uh, did not want that or wanted it to a lesser degree. Uh, and so Hanukkah is uh, both a, a struggle of us against uh, against a foreign uh, oppressor, but it's also uh, dissension among the Jewish people. And that's uh, one of the things that we see in this parasha, uh, dissension among uh, the Jewish people. However, uh, it's heartening to see that at this point, uh, the brothers uh, are uh, taking a different Approach to their brother in this case, Benjamin, uh, that they're willing to uh, to protect him and and uh, stick up for him, uh, but it will uh, we'll have to wait until next week's uh, parasha to find out exactly how this will turn out. Uh, at uh, at the beginning of Yosef's rise to power, Yosef is the the ruler over the land. He's the one who provides everybody uh, with the food, and uh, eventually the brothers came and the. Torah tells us that when Yosef saw his brothers he recognized them uh, and he acted like a stranger toward them. He spoke harshly um, and uh, he uh, he asked where they're from and they say they've come from Canaan um, uh, to procure uh, food. Um, he recognized them, they didn't recognize him, and it says, Yosef et hachalomot asher chalam Yosef remembered the dreams that he had dreamed about them, and that's what he accuses them of being uh, spies. Uh, does this mean that he's uh, looking for revenge? God forbid. Uh, so the approach that the Ramban has to this, uh, to this episode uh, is, uh, is as follows. Uh, an important part of the Ramban's understanding is that uh, according to the Ramban, Yosef regarded his dreams as being prophetic, and and therefore they absolutely had to come true. Uh, When the brothers come down to Egypt to buy food, uh, he sees that Binyamin is not amongst them, uh, and he uses this as an opportunity uh, to make the dreams come true. According to the Ramban, that's what Yosef is, uh, is planning. He wants to fulfill the first dream in which all of the brothers bow down to him and that's why he doesn't tell them at this time i am your brother but rather it's only after that first dream is fulfilled uh namely when all of the brothers including binyamin come down to egypt and they all bow down to him it's only after that that he reveals his uh true identity uh because uh it's at that point he wants the second dream to be fulfilled Uh, which involves not only his brothers, but also his uh, father to bow down uh, to him. Uh, And as uh, the Ramban points out, if it weren't for this fact, namely that Yosef absolutely believes uh, that the dreams are prophetic and must come true, uh, and uh, that he must be instrumental in the fulfillment of the dream, if it were not for that, then it would indeed have been uh, a great sin for Yosef Uh, not to have uh, revealed his identity. Once he comes to power, uh, he was in a position to send word back to his father that he's alive, uh, but he did not do that um, uh, because that that brought great anguish to his father. His father's anguish uh, extended uh, even beyond when Yosef had it in his power to to inform his father that he was indeed alive and well. not to mention the fact that that Yosef causes even greater uh, anguish to his father uh, because of Shimon and and so on. And and even if, says the Ramban, uh, he wants to cause anguish to his brothers uh, to punish them for the way they had treated him, uh, still he had to have compassion on his uh, father. But rather, uh, says the Ramban, uh, Yosef was waiting for the proper time in order to see that the dreams would be fulfilled, because, as I said, the Ramban holds, that Yosef holds, that these dreams are prophetic and they must come uh, come true. It's only after Yosef hears about the dreams of Paro that he realizes that now is the opportunity for his own dreams to come, uh, to come true. Uh, and that's when he uh, begins the uh, the process, when the brothers come down, uh, that all of the dreams are going to come true. When the brothers come down to uh, Egypt to buy food, uh, then he can see to it that these dreams, these prophetic dreams would actually be fulfilled. Uh, that's the position of the, of the Ramban uh, on, the, uh, on the subject of why Yosef uh, behaves uh, the way he does. I thank you all very much uh, for joining me uh, for uh, this exploration of Parashat Miketz, uh, which will uh a uh, Hanukkah Sameach, as well as a Shabbat Shalom. Uh, this has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.